Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I never really, you know, I'm still trying to like understand what exactly transgressive fiction means or what what, ex- what actually means to be transgressive in like 2022 or whether that matters at all. Sure. Yeah, that's we, we should we should start recording and then oh, talk about that. I got oh. that. Oh, all right. Well, we are here. <laughs> We're already in. So we are, we, uh, Bob and I used to do a, another show with a couple of our friends in our fantasy baseball league and inevitably every time we would start having a conversation either i would record and it would be boring or we'd have a great conversation like we recorded and i was like no no we didn't so like i was never good but i was like let me just hit record here just in case we lead somewhere interesting and yeah we did but we're here how to win the lottery season three internet module with us today the author of amygdala is br yeager hello br hello thanks again for having really appreciate thank you thank you for being here thank you for writing this book and you know this is a an extremely online season and this is an extremely online book so this is very interesting yes yes no it's uh it was interesting seeing what the uh, selections were for uh the season it, some it really cool and interesting picks a lot that i'm not familiar with yeah a lot a lot that i'm not familiar i mean th- th- this is you know usually we try to do stuff that at least i've read uh and then this season we we moved away from that a little bit to more like much more contemporary stuff because when when people are writing about on- online stuff it's not you know, they're mostly still alive. They've written in the last ten years, five years. You know, your your stuff slotted right right in there with with that. Like season two started with Sylvia Plath, who is famously dead, so we could not <laughs> talk to her about the bell jar, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we were talking about transgressive literature and what that means. Do you have any? You want to continue that thought? Do you have any? Because I, I think you were saying that like you're not sure what it means to write in that way or what that means to apply to writing in 2022. Right, right. I, I, I guess it. It tends to be associated with uh, certain types of like behaviors that are depicted that, you know, at this point seem so commonplace throughout all of media that it isn't necessarily has the impact or isn't necessarily surprising or um, necessarily inherently interesting as it may have been um, previously in like the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Having talks with a lot of people who get lumped in with um, the tag of transgressive fiction, like a lot of us are just very kind of like uncertain if the tag even really means anything, if it's necessary right now, um, like whether there's a point to intentionally trying to write a transgressive text or if it's something that happens that's better off when it just occurs out of happenstance or out of pursuing something that's more interesting, which I tend to think is where, you know, a lot of the people that I admire uh, tend to land on, where I try to land on, if that makes sense. I think it does, yeah. I think, like, like something that uh, struck me about this book in particular is um, I'm unfamiliar, it, it might exist, but I'm unfamiliar with the writer uh, tackling this stuff through fiction at this point. Um, so, so as far as, like, transgressive is concerned, uh you know, I I think of it as being transgressive, not just in in uh, content, but in in like uh, you know, you're writing about something that I I don't think has been written all that often, and also um, you're writing with a, an illustrative quality that doesn't necessarily exist in certainly more in contemporary fiction than 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 it did in the past. Um, but I'm familiar. I, I know you have a book with uh, Inside the Castle. And, uh, I, you know, I love, I love their work. And so like, there's something about this book where you, the way that the, the, the 
words actually look on the page that um, brings it to us aesthetically in a way that other books uh, don't don't do. So how did you imagine that or conceive that and and uh, like present it to us? Uh, I mean, that would that would just have him about very naturally. I it just I'm always trying to like look at ways of making the actual text itself try to be a little bit more interesting or do things that are more interesting. Like, you know, a big part of that is inside the castle, always upping the game. <laughs> like, sure, uh, yeah. um, and um, Schism Press, who put this out, also does a lot of terrific stuff with form. And I have been p- published some things that are like very ahead of its time, like in terms of how it um, talks about technology and, um, online like um eugene thacker's an ideal for living is like one that was like very very ahead of its time i forget when it was published but um have either of you read uh the sluts by dennis cooper no no. okay i'm familiar with dennis cooper generically but uh i haven't read that one particularly okay that i I would highly recommend that that's um okay i I always think of that it's like the better version of what i was doing um but was a big influence (laughs) um it's uh but it, it also deals with um being primarily presented through online forums. And this was like published in something okay. like 2003 or 2004. Um, and it, it deals with a, primarily with how slippery truth it can be in these um, spaces and sure. you know, how yeah. it's just, you know, it's can be difficult if not impossible to hone hope like uh, to nail down what exactly is happening and what's actually being depicted, which is like, I think the most, interesting thing like beyond anything like of like you know violence or um you know like harassment or like violation or other like typically transgressive information uh uh, transgressive topics i I think that that's the most interesting is like how how do you pin down truth when it's completely in this place where you know fictionalization where we're like lying or exaggeration is kind of the norm because we were talking about in our discussion of this book that these kind of forums, these kind of like, you know, in in a way, I don't know if it's the right word, but like havens for people who like don't have community elsewhere have existed for a while. And I, I almost wonder if like when these kind of books could have been written, because like you're saying that this book, the, the Sluts came out, what you say, like 2003, 2004 or so, like it feels like this has been around for a while, but it almost feels like people maybe weren't ready for it until recently. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's accurate or not. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can say like, so just for like a little bit of context, I'm like pushing 40 now. And so I, and by I had like my teen years were very much online and very online. Um, and so there was, there were always little like havens and such for like, have like transgressive or like antisocial uh, socialization, ironically. Sure. Um, but I think that, it's over the past, you know, like 10, 15 years, it really changed with there being like really big thriving communities of people Mm -hmm. have uh, uh, communities revolving around uh, antisocial behavior, which is, I I think was kind of the impetus for writing this book and what I kind of found like most interesting. There are all these like breadcrumb trails going back to like manifestos posted to like uh, forums after, particularly horrific crimes and things like that that have sort of mainstreamed this this idea but like i'm i'm roughly the same age as you and like my experiences with the internet in in like the 90s uh and the early 2000s are like 
almost utopian like just like beautiful like live journal communities where like everybody is like like patting each other on the back and being really kind and there's no there there was like i I guess i I don't have the fortitude to to like journey into the places that this novel goes anyway like my experience with the internet is is like the opposite It, it seemed like a beautiful social community and then somewhere along the way it evolved into like not that, but I don't know if, I mean, I think that's just my experience and maybe both of those things always existed in, in all of these places. That, that's really interesting because I think, I, I think it is true that they both existed simultaneously, but maybe because the internet was such a, it was a much more personal thing back then that, you know, you really could kind of, you had to really seek out which spaces that you wanted to be a part of. And, um, if you happen to be, you know, have like a real interest in some like terrible and fucked up stuff, you can like go out and find that like what I did. Um, but, and like, if you aren't in like have more just kind of, you know, like interests in, you know, art or something else. And I was part of those communities as well too, but um, you can also find those. I, it almost seems like uh, maybe a side effect of the internet shrinking in a way of um, mm-hmm. it becoming more, a monolithic with only a hand instead of it kind of being the wild west as they all um, sort of describe it back in the day, um, you know, becoming more homogenous and there only being a few, like a handful of social media platforms or, um, you know, the death of like the traditional forums. I, I kind of see that as sort of a, a, the communities here as kind of like a side effect of like the shrinking of the internet. I mean, like one of the, reasons for you know some sites becoming like so so toxic is from you know the previous sites you know like clamping down on like you know whether you can like publish people's you know addresses and everything to try to like Mm -hmm. get them fired or something so they all move to somewhere else where it gets more concentrated and then you know that site gets closed down so they move to something like even more kind of like in a you know, a darker space as well as kind of like a one that's more um, overtly toxic or hostile. Yeah, you get a bunch of a bunch of people uh, cordoned off and then they're just encouraging everyone's worst behavior to, to you know, and egging each other on. And like an interesting thing about about this book is that I, I assume in some sense, this is where the these people go, the 1404s go. uh to feel at home and to feel uh, good about about themselves, uh, whatever whatever good means, I guess, is like a wildly subjective idea. But also, these places are not remotely welcoming. Uh, they, you know, they they anytime someone missteps or something, they're abused. So it's like it's inter- it's it's almost sadomasochistic to to seek out those places. But in a weird way, it's also like it's almost infinitely welcoming because it's all anonymous. Like if you right. if you mess up, if you say the wrong thing, you could just like pretend it's a different person, right? Like there's a weird kind of give and take there. Yeah, absolutely. That's completely it. Um and the the idea that you're touching upon of it being kind of a welcoming or like a place of feeling at home, I, I think that that's kind of that fits in one thing that kind of I always think about is that like when say when you're young, like when you're like a teenager or preteen, you don't feel like you have a lot of control. You don't have a lot of control of things or you can't you don't feel like you can impact the world in a meaningful way. And I think with this, whether you're 
literally younger or if you're just kind of like emotionally younger um this provides like an op- this can provide an opportunity to have like a actual sort of material notable impact a negative mm. notable notable impact but you can actually see where you kind of push the world and the world responds by being pushed a little bit um whereas like you know in our day-to-day life we have like it, we we feel feel we often just feel completely powerless and that we have like no control or no impact whatsoever yeah it's it's interesting too because in creating these these worlds where they um you know the 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 main character is uh agoraphobic but he he spends a significant amount of his time within this world that's made up of all of the the most violent and and threatening things that you can imagine and so like the world that he's actually living in is significantly more unpleasant than the the world that exists that he's uh shrinking away from right but it's also one that he can control like how involved that he he is with that like you know it's it's all it's kind of a, a safe area because you can always just sort of close the browser. If you get too mm. far in, you can always kind of like look away, which, you know, the, the real world doesn't um, work operate that way. Um, so it does like have like provide a way of, you know, like just pursuing kind of these darker or like whatever you would call it impulses in a safe way where you can like shut it off at any point, but, ultimately you're still in control of how um, engaged you are with it. I want to kind of jump to the end of the novel because I think it, it the, the question I want to ask fits in with this. But, you know, at the end, after he tries to kill himself and doesn't, and then just sort of, like, the, the novel ends as he's, like, staring at, you know, a website that offers, like, 17,000 webcams or something. Like, do you see that as, like, as an optimistic ending or is that a pessimistic ending? Like, does he win? Like, does he just given like this is my life now or is this like he's choosing to sort of be more in a in a very specific way social like how do you see that ending is that something that we should like see as a, a good thing or a bad thing or just like a, an extension of w- the life he was already living yeah that's hard to say it's also been like I also don't, yeah i also years. don't want you to maybe reveal the magic trick like i don't want yeah. to like you know i i don't want to be like hey what does your ending mean but i'm just trying to like i'm because I, I, I like the ending but i also don't know if it's like I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. I think that's like a good thing to leave on in a way. Right, right. I'm, I'm trying to decide how much I want to answer this. <laughs> you can just tell me to fuck off and not answer the question. That's no, also fun. No, not at all. Not at all. It's also, it's interesting because, uh, you know, it's been like six years since I wrote it. So it's like trying to get back to where, where my head was at at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it is that it's, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if there's anything I can like really add to that. I, I, I Yeah, yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm choosing. <laughs> cool. Did you, I, this is like, uh, you know, I've, I, I've, I've read about books that, um, like, I, I think probably the most notorious one is, uh, uh, American Psycho, wherein Brady Sinellis had like a very difficult time writing some of the more violent scenes and, and things like that. So like, was that, I, I was that like an incredibly hard thing to do to get yourself into the headspace to write about this stuff or, or was it like, you know, is it just, it's all fiction. So it, it exists in this, in this distant place. Oh, it, it was more that it was a little concerning afterwards, kind of how desensitized I was feeling afterwards. Oh, um, okay. And it was more that, like, I think it really kind of like drove that home when I like gave it to someone to read and they were kind of like, uh, they, they weren't like appalled or like, how could you write, but they were kind of like, this is, 
it's taken me a little while. It's like a little rough. And I had kind of, I had worked myself into a point where I'm just like, eh, actually, this isn't that bad. You know, there's like <laughs> nothing really like too bad in here. It's kind of typical. Um, and then I kind of like realized like, okay, that's not actually the, the typical response to this stuff. Um, but it, it was more kind of like, it's hard to say kind of like going back to that and everything. I mean, I think it was more, it may have been like more difficult doing kind of the research or, you know, like my obsessive tendencies. This was like all just springing out of my obsessive tendencies and kind of um, the book was in a a way like a justification for like the time I was spending kind of researching and trying to figure out how all of this kind of space works. I don't really know if it would be, I would say like I had a hard time with it being in that space or anything, but I mean, it did affect me obviously in emotional mm-hmm. ways. I may like, there may have been times when I wasn't necessarily like great to be around um, <laughs> just because like from like, you know, not from being like terrible or anything, but like, just like sure. maybe being preoccupied with, you know, terrible things. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that it's like tip. It was typically hard or difficult to write or anything like that. But I think like whenever you surround yourself with like, even if you, whether you perceive it as such or not, but like the negativity and like the subjecting yourself to horrors, like it's, it's not going to do good things for you. Like it might, you might think that you're it's offering you an escape, but like, it's only just like sort of putting the rest of the world on pause. Right. No, definitely. Definitely. I definitely see that. Is there, you so you said you like, you kind of grew like in the nineties and early two thousands or whatever, like these are the kind of places that you went, like, did you like return to them in in research mode or did you just sort of like dip your, like did you like return to like the four chans and eight chans of the world? Or is this something that you kind of just fictionalized and sort of, you know, I'm curious what the actual process of like finding out what these, the the modern, at least when you were writing incarnations of these sites were like. Right. Like, so I, I definitely didn't have anything like a, like a four chan or eight chan, like when I was growing up, um, you know, like the most was like rotten.com or like Ogrish or something like that, which was like, disturbing enough at that time but um it was i was going into it i forget what the kind of impetus behind it was but i was um i think i was kind of like just wanting to see how the whole like um doxing and kind of like harassment culture Mm -hmm. was like operating in these spaces firsthand just to kind of like I, i was just curious about the mechanics of it it just seemed kind of um strange and like uh off-putting in a compelling way um so it it was um diving in and like spending a lot of time on uh hn and then more kind of importantly kind of diving into the um quote unquote it has no meaning anymore but like the deep web kind of like the um the tour browser like equivalents of uh HN or there's like a site master Chan, which was, you know, like I had to disable like all sorts of, you know, <laughs> it, like disable like imaging images playing, disable videos playing, you know, like anything that would like destroy my capacity for joy. So like, um, just to make sure I didn't like encounter anything like that. But yeah, it was, it was mainly like diving into those and like, you know, like there's, there's, pieces that from in the book that are like lifted and like edited down from that I like just took from mm. uh, some of the forum posts. Cause it's like, you, you can't really improve on it. It's just like, you know, per- <laughs> it's like perfectly absurd and like you, you can't, it's like shit you can't make up. Um, yeah. It feels very organic in that way for sure. Totally. Totally. So I, I'd say there it's like probably 40% is like stuff that's like, you taken from things I already, I actually saw maybe like um, 50, 60% is like completely fabricated. 
but yeah, that, that was kind of, I'm kind of forgetting the original question, but that was kind of the process was just spending time in these spaces and then like writing about it. It's so funny because I like I am completely inexperienced with any of this stuff. And I, I read uh, Jamie Bartlett's book, The Dark Web or hmm. The Dark Net, a couple of years ago. And like I, you know, the, and that goes into some stuff. It goes into, you know, the the I think like the broadly stereotyped things about about that, which is like the assassination markets and, right. you know, having acid delivered to you via drone or whatever. Right. Uh, whatever they, they, they go into there. So like I was reading that thinking that I was like a knowledgeable person. And then I'm reading this and it's like the first time someone says the dark web, someone, someone like calls them a noob. Yeah. And I'm, like, I'm just like, Oh yeah, I actually have no idea what I'm talking about with any of this stuff. I read one book and have experienced nothing. Yeah. Like I have it. not, I'm not at all familiar with it. But I like, I texted Bob while we were reading. I'm like, do you know about like, you know, the Tor browser and onion links and stuff like that. He's just like, Oh yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, okay. I want to make sure like you have like a baseline for like how any of this. Operates. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm a total like tech. I, I like live journal. I was like learning how to do basic. Like I know how to make the words go into italics. Absolutely. That's the, extent, <laughs> that's the extent of my, of my tech knowledge. So this is a real, uh, interesting to me but like it's actually like, this is something that we talked about, uh, on the, on the full episode where, where we talked about the book, but like, uh, there's an aesthetic value to me of the way that you uh, write down like uh, links and, and and web addresses and stuff like completely unclickable because it's an in, inside a novel. But like there, it, it like is something that signifies without signifying. We look at it and we get a certain feeling, or it's like uh, baffling to us, and and it, it like we react to it in a way that we react to you know, traditional words that, that make us feel mm -hmm. certain things. But then, you know, we, we look at the uh, a link and it's like a link to something that's scary, presumably, whether it be like a, a, to a suicide or something. And the abstraction of, of that into a random set of, of numbers and letters uh, that can invoke that feeling of what we might feel when we look at that video is really really fascinating there's not a question in, <laughs> in any of this i'm just sort of uh i'm doing that thing that people do at annoying q a's that i do you on, <laughs> on most of these episodes <laughs> where they just talk about the book so i don't know what well, so i guess okay here's the here's the here's the question for that uh, we talked about this book maybe not being available in e-reader and it being uh like something that you have a, like we both read it in physical copies so we had those links um Wait, let me see if there actually is a question in here. Well, because I was saying that, like, there was part of me that wanted to type in the YouTube address that you you would put in the novel to see, like, where that would go. And then another part of me was just like, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's my favorite shit right there. I, a, a couple of people have told me that. And it's just like, yeah, no, that's that, that means it's working. <laughs> that means it's working. That's awesome. Yeah, there's something there's something about the way that the that, that it exists as, as a uh, like the feeling that we get when we look at a link that we can't like process in our brains. Um, it's it reminded me of we just read Snow Crash, a oh, nice. Stevenson book, and it made like you know that that's like part of what that book is about is is ways that like this stuff can like get into your insides just by looking at it. Not you might not be able to read it as language, but it still affects you emotionally and, and internally. So I think that's really like an interesting thing for that this book does. Right. No, that's that's awesome. Thank you. Um I mean that's a big part of it too is like um the idea of contamination of uh you know you like can you come across something that like you know like again going back to the whole thing of am i going to see something that's going to destroy my capacity for joy like mm -hmm. is are you going to encounter something that um changes you in a base way that you can't return from 
um, which is, you know, like one of the kind of like frightening prospects of this world and like what I was trying to sort of harness and pull into the book. There's something, another thing that we've talked about, I think, you know, Bob kind of mentioned in that long non-question, I'm only reveling this because like that's something that I've done on literally every <laughs> interview where I'm just like, I'm going to I'm gonna compliment you for two minutes and then not really wind up with a question. So I'm just sitting here like, it's nice to be on the other side of things for once. Um, but like one thing that we've talked about this season, especially like given that it's all about the internet is like sort of like a, in a weird way, like a requirement for prior knowledge. Like, I don't know that if, if my mom read this, she would have any idea what, like, at least half of it sort of is about. Like, she understands, like, she might have seen, like, a thing on 60 Minutes once about, like, are your kids ordering drugs from the internet? Or, you know what I mean? Like, one of those kind of things. But, like, is that something that you you keep in mind that, like, you want to make it more broadly accessible to people who, like, don't understand this? Or are you just trying to write, like, an authentic experience to the people, like, and if you don't get it, you don't get it? Well, well I think that there's, like, an aesthetic quality to not understanding or, like, not grasping things as well too like there, there's stuff in the book that i don't necessarily like understand or like that was where i was kind of like cutting and pasting and chopping up um you know like you know pieces of like lingo or things like that and mm-hmm. I, I think that there's I, I think that that's kind of part of the experience of you know it's an environment like part of the reason for having like your own uh language and like slang um is to make it very hostile to outsiders um, and I think that like having, totally. you know, if, if two people have different experiences based on their, um, you know, their background knowledge in this, like either it's extensive or, you know, not at all or somewhere in between. Um, I, I think that those are both like very completely valid experiences just as, you know, it would be in reality. But yeah, I, I think, you know, I think confusion is part of it and like sort of the, um, it being hidden to a degree and like in some ways indecipherable, like that's part of it. Um, and I, you know, I think that to be, to be writing about this in an honest way, it's like necessary to preserve aspects of that while also trying, you know, I, I was trying to also inject some like aspects of traditional narrative into it, but you know, some people also aren't really interested in that and do very interesting things with just making it impenetrable, uh, impenetrable. Which sure. is also yeah, very I, cool. I think I think the like what you were talking about about confusion, in, intentional confusion, sort of goes back to something that you said earlier about what was most interesting to you about uh, maybe about this book, but certainly about the internet in general, uh, which is the subjectivity and and the inability to get at something that's that's true, which like has its roots in in you know post structuralist stuff, especially like in literature. You can go all the way back to Don Quixote with that, but like in in you know current day it seems like that's manifested itself very much in our contemporary life on the internet and now like bleeding over into uh the news or or just day-to-day life in our in our person-to-person conversations where it seems like nobody can really even agree on what the facts are but that then gets further obscured by the fact that all of these people are are completely anonymous and it's it's like uh it's an interesting way to to uh recreate modern modern life while using uh i guess postmodern techniques that have been around around a while but applying them in like a very um socially realist way to to this to this book again no question here just <laughs> cool well, I, I, hey i appreciate it just going at it <laughs> one thing i i do have a question about to sort of change subjects here kind of drastically for a second 
we had a, we had a conversation both in text before we recorded then in the actual episode that we just did about your choice to put this critical essay before the text itself. Okay. Yeah. Um, to the point where we both read it differently, but like both thought it was kind of like that it was you writing in a different voice huh. that like the choice to write a critical analysis and put it before, like she's quoting because, okay, can you, so this Edia <laughs> Canole, is that how you pronounce her name? I, I believe so. I, I haven't, okay. I, I've uh, only spoken to her through text. So, but she is a real person who, who actually wrote this thing. Is that correct? Or yes. Not I, yes, absolutely. Okay. So, so she's one of the editors at, um, at Schism Press, um, okay. along with uh, Gary Shipley and Eugene Thacker. Because we both kind of came to different ways to view it, but the the, the choice to put such a highbrow literate, not saying that your writing is not highbrow or literate, because we both really, really like the book. But hey, I'm pretty, low, like, I'm pretty lowbrow, so no worries there. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say it without saying it, but yes. Uh, but like to have something so like academically, like, you know, thesis level or whatever, quoting things from a text that we have not yet read, it felt like, oh, like they're comparing like, eight chan to like christ imagery it's just like this is what was your thought process between but behind i guess putting this before the text including it at all like where did this kind of come from so so that was um my my publisher gary shipley's idea and um Mm -hmm. choice with putting it um in the front i you know in hindsight i'm kind of thinking that probably works better as an afterword i think that you know that might be um what's all parties involved and agree with, but, um, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, this is like my first, this was like my first published book. Um, and like, and schism. So technically this came out on, uh, schism two or schism squared, um, which Mm -hmm. is their kind of, uh, fiction and poetry, uh, offshoot of schism. Whereas like, uh, schism primarily deals in like theory and philosophy. Like they, um, so like they have a, uh, book on, sort of the philosophy of serial killing and like um Edie Connell um she's a she's a Georgie Bataille scholar and she's done several uh she's edited several volumes um about like the philosophy of black metal and so so they're they're coming it's a press that's coming from like a very philosophy heavy like uh, sure. like background I, I think that may have been like part of it um I'm not entirely sure like what the entire like pretty much my conversation with Gary was that he was like, Hey, you know, I want you know, Edia wants to write a introduction uh, analysis for it and would like to put that in front. I was like, Okay. And that that, that was about my extent of, <laughs> the extent of it. Well can 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 I say I, I uh you you said that everyone um seems to be on board with the idea that it should be an afterward. Uh, I disagree. I like it. I like it in the beginning and I like it because it is, it feels to me like it's playing on this idea of like these penguin classic books that bring in uh, writers to, to direct your reading. Um, And it's in, it's really, really interesting to me to have an essay that directs the, the reader um, before a first edition of a book where there's been no critical uh, reply to it yet or no critical consensus or no, there's, there's no like, not even time for it. Yeah. There's no time for any, any sort of critical reaction, but you, you read that and it says, Hey, here are the metaphors and things that you should be thinking of, which I think, I think a smart reader, um, which I'm, you know, not saying that I am, <laughs> uh, but like might look at that as misdirection, right? They, they, mm. they might look at that as, as something where it's saying, you know, this is uh, uh, 
a suggested read and it might help you through on your first time. Cause I don't think, you know, it, it comes beforehand, but I don't think it has like spoilers. And if this is even the kind of book that you could spoil, really, you should oh, totally. I, I, I feel like I know what I'm getting into once when I, when I get this book based on the um, sort of cover imagery, uh, to be frank. Um, so I think, I mean, you know, if, if that's a, if that's something that's still up for debate, put me in the, put me in the corner of enjoying it as a forward rather than an afterward. Oh, that's, that's cool to hear. I, it, the most often when people bring it up, um, is that it's like, oh, this should have been afterward. Or it's like, you know, like would rather not have like read it beforehand. I think it's a really cool essay and it, it doesn't, it's, um, it was written completely independently from any conversation mm. or discussion that I uh, had with Edia. I like Edia is by all counts, like infinitely smarter or, and well, um, you know, like had much far, far more knowledgeable than I ever will be. And I think that, but I, and I think that um, the connections that she made um, were things that I wasn't even necessarily thinking of, like the idea of uh, viewing extremity as a, a way, like as a pathway towards um, encountering the divine, like the same way mm-hmm. that meditations on the cross um, can be. I, I thought that it was incredibly interesting stuff that I hadn't even thought of, but like it, after reading that, it feel I can like feel that throughout the work as maybe like a subconscious impulse or just, you know, um, the after effect of dealing with these topics and things. That's the way it always is, right? Like you, you write the book and you put it out in the world and then people interpret it and they know things about the book that you never knew or thought about. Exactly. Exactly. Like ideally, if I feel like if I'm writing well, that's what's happening is that other people are like finding things that I wasn't even thinking of. Um, yeah, like the, were you, were you relieved when you, when you read that essay, were you like, because there's a, there's a shot that that someone's like I want to write an introductory essay before your book and then they give it to you and you're just like you've misinterpreted everything that I've been doing here. No, I I I'd read some of um, her other work and she was just like always like had like very interesting and like just very thoughtful um uh you know analysis and you know perspectives on things. I, I like knew that she was gonna. I, I had a pretty strong feeling that she was gonna kill it. You know, there is that like really like you like write something like this and, you know, there's always that thing in the back of your head that like someone that people are going to take it like strictly as scatological or like strictly in terms of shock value, which is like the most boring thing in the world to me. Like um, I I may have mentioned earlier, like I think like the least interesting like part of the book is, you know, like the violence (laughs) in it, you know, or like the repulsive aspects. I think like the more interesting part is the idea of like the community going around that how the um the functions of that the slipperiness of the truth um so it's always kind of like always taking a risk when like if you're engaging with you know what could be insert like extremely taboo subject subject matter or like things that are considered transgressive that it's viewed only as scatological and like that was like a good kind of impression of that like okay no 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 there's like there's more in there yeah, I mean, I think that's another function of putting of of having that start the book rather than end it. Is that is that it you, lends credibility in a way? Well, not 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 even lending credibility, but it's like it's like, hey, look, like you're in you're you're in for this stuff, but it's not necessarily what your first gut reaction is going to be to it. You have to engage your brain as well as as just like reacting to it with like how y- your your insides react to the idea of 
incest or or suicide or something like that. And to be completely fair, I 100% saw it as lending some credibility to it. You know, I, I was like, you know, like people are going to think, see this as like a fucking like, you know, like shock thing and everything. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've, we've got like this, you know, a, a way smarter person breaking it down and saying that it's like all the reasons why it's worthwhile. So it's like, okay, yeah, you know, twist my arm and break it. <laughs> Well, I think that there's also something interesting that, like, you know, you, you mentioned the the how the this introductory essay like ties it to divinity, but there's also the the, the word we settled on because we kind of broke down when we talked about the book into like three different narratives. There's like what we we're calling like World A and World B, like what's actually happening in his bedroom with his mom outside the door is like kind of World A. There's the stuff in the forums, which is World B. Not that there's any like more or less weight to either of those; it's just like two separate places. But then there's this third kind of narrative where the word we settled on was like ethereal, mm-hmm. where we, we kind of had a hard time like placing it, but it feels almost in line with that divine stuff that she was talking about in the intro. Where yeah, it's, it's hallucinatory. Like, so w- w- how did that factor in? Was that always there? Did that come later? And like, what what did you see that sort of through line, like that ethereal narrative you know, doing for the, the other two types of stories. Yeah, yeah, com- completely. I, I it, it was pretty, I can't remember exactly. If it wasn't there from the beginning, it came, like, very, very early on. Um, you know, like, I, I, I think, like, sometimes, just, like, in terms of my, my own process, I just, I really enjoy, the, some of the writing I enjoy the most is getting into the weeds of where it's, it's where it is like very abstract, where it is um, very kind of impressionistic, but still, but not just gobbledygook. It's like, it's like actually like, um, feels like it's conveying something. So that's like what I like aspiring to from that. Um, I think through, while I was writing it, like I was thinking it alternately as, um, uh, the main character's like internal voice. I was also thinking of as the voice of the computer potentially, Ooh, um, okay. but you know, that could as a divine force as like, if we're thinking of like the divine as encompassing all um, as you know, some faiths, you know, believe, sure. you know, that isn't necessarily separate um, there. It could be, you know, both the computer and the, um, the narrator, not the narrator, the protagonist, um, their interiority but I, I kind of think i saw that as like or you know the interiority of all people um engaging with this platform um so like I, that's how i kind of saw it as like sort of a interior voice that was never specified and could be a number of different um coming from a number of different sources from any time or from all sources simultaneously yeah. if that makes sense it does, it, it cool. does, yeah. It's interruptive in a really uh, interesting and emotional way. Cool, awesome. And I think that goes back to what, what Bob brought up really early on, is that we were talking about, like, toward the end, there's kind of, like, four or five different things happening. Like, there's a couple different forum threads that you're following along with that, along with him and his real life, and the way that it's all laid out really kind of helps keep it immediately obvious, like, what you're actually following. Because I think without all of that, like, structural and visual stuff, it might you, you might get lost, but the way that it's laid out is actually oh the, it, the like illustrated aspects yeah, yeah, yeah. of the text yeah, makes yeah, it all yeah. like extremely easy to figure out what we're actually reading at that time. Even though like they're all written different ways, like it's the ethereal versus like the practical versus like you know shit speaker or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Like <laughs> you know, I don't know, not in a bad way, just in a you know online sort of you know way, whatever. Yeah, no, that fits. That definitely works. <laughs> 
Um, what is your uh, origin story background with with writing? Where do you uh, where do you come from? What's the stuff that really uh, like brought you into it? And and like, do you have a tech background? What's the what's the computer stuff about for you? Oh, I mean, like it's always just kind of. I'm definitely like not like a techie or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. I, I can maybe like a li- like a tiny bit above average, but not like you know like the people who I know who are very tech minded are. Um, but no, I, 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 um, you know, I've always been doing a little bit of writing here and there and didn't, but didn't really get uh, serious about it until 2013. You know, my background is kind of like working. Well, my background artistically is, um, playing music. Um, but I was, oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, it, but I was, um, always the reason why I got into music, um, like mainly in high school and everything, like all of my friends were in bands. I didn't have like really any writer friends. So I was like, okay, I'll do this. Um, but it, it's just not a, um, it's not a discipline where I have like, where I don't where I don't have the discipline to, um, become very good at it. So I was kind of just sort of bumming around in like uh, my friend's bands here and there. And then kind of like realizing it's like, oh, I'm, I should like really pursue something that I actually feel like I can like woodshed with or, you know, really where I have the drive to hone, which is the case with like writing, which was never really the case with music. I love listening to music, creating, you know, it's, I, I it's that thing of like, I like having created something with music. Yeah. I, I, you know, the actual process of like practicing, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's, I, I just don't have a passion for that. Like, you know, my very talented musician friends have. Well, there's also a distinct difference in, in the collaborative process between writing and, and making music, right? Yes. Like there's, when, when you make music, it's like you're a part of a collective and then writing, it's just like, I'm the boss. I'm the, everything on this. This is all about me. I can, I, I can sit in my room and, and get it done. Absolutely. Uh, so. For better and worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, before before I forget, let's let's ask you right now. What do, what would you like for your exit music to be for both this interview and the episode of the book proper? Oh my! You can just pick anything. Anything you want. Yeah. Oh. yeah, we play fast and loose, and we just hope that we don't get caught. Terrific. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's do uh, Death Grips. Uh, no love. That was. A, oh fuck yeah! Yeah, that, that was so the uh, the other joke. It's only half a joke because it's kind of partially true. Was it's like when I was starting out this book, I was like, I want to like have a book that encompasses that feeling of uh, you whimper while I check my phone. I just want <laughs> to like have that emotion throughout the entire thing. <laughs> is that, that that's that's the album with the pixelated penis on the cover oh right? yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> fuck, fuck yeah yeah let's let's do it and then do you have uh you, you got two exit because there's two episodes you get two exit songs you want you want a second one or you want to use that one for both I'll, I'll use it for both that sounds rad cool <laughs> right on awesome thank you um, the other thing that when we were, I mean, we, that's one question we forget to ask some authors and we, you know, immediately like we hung up, we're just like, oh, we should have. And then like, you know, <laughs> but the other thing that we, we do make sure is that, you know, the, this podcast is broken down into seasons. Each season has a theme. You know, the first season we did was, oh boy, it was the, it was loss. Yeah, it's just, it's just like about loss. Dealing yeah, with loss. Sure. And totally. then it was all about education and school, colleges, universities, campus stories. And season three is all about the internet. So if what we ask everybody we talk to is if you were planning your own module, it doesn't have to be like really super hyper themed, but either stuff that's like in this vein, maybe like internet or online life, or just like things that you like that you want to recommend. Are there books that people who read this and like this were into this 
that you would encourage them to go out and read beyond this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, so again, uh, Dennis Cooper, the sluts highly, highly, mm-hmm. highly recommend it. Um, uh, Gary J. Shipley's The Unyielding, which isn't necessarily like explicitly internet themed, but like there's aspects of that. And it's, sure. just, a, it's just an incredible book, a very short, quick read. Um, Eugene Thacker, An Ideal for Living, which was, you know, just a very, very big influence on this. Wait, not not to interrupt. Did Dennis, Dennis Cooper had a book that was it? Did he have a book that was all gifts? Yes, yes, he, he's made a, a few chapbooks of um, entire like of gifts, and I, I deeply appreciate your correct pronunciation of that as well. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't fuck around with the GIF shit. Yeah, that's that's yeah, sucks. no, neither do I. And my I have another co-host on a different show that I do, and he get, like that's like his sticking point. I'm like, no, man, like I don't care if that's what the guy who invented it says. It doesn't look right. It doesn't sound right. It's also because it's I, I I don't even remember what the what each initial stands for, but like the initial, graphical. So image. so graphical is a hard G. Yeah. So yeah. why would you? off in that g it doesn't make Graphical sense image format i think or something like that yeah. something in that ballpark yeah. yeah yeah anyway so so anyway De- dennis cooper has has a novel that's or may, it seems like m- maybe multiple chapbooks that are all gifts that's that's really fascinating it, it's incredible there's there's um there's like some pieces from those that like destroy me it like there, there was like one that like kind of like left me in tears it's it's unbelievable um just sort of what he's able to kind of just create out of these like tapestry of uh gifts yeah. I, I highly highly recommend it's unbelievable all right maybe we'll tackle that on the end of the season we'll, okay. cool we'll see cool add it yeah I'd, I'd be get i'd uh be curious to get your impression of that you know like what i like and you know i don't think i don't know if we've explicitly said this on any of our episodes but i think i mean it's probably always been available but i like when people explore the medium in different ways like whether that's mm-hmm. a thing that couldn't exist before or like I don't know that if, if this specific book, I mean, Latropolis, existed, like, you know, before people knew what, like, forum posts looked like, it, it wouldn't really make sense. But, like, the way that you're able, I guess that's a postmodern thing or whatever, but just taking a thing that exists and transforming it into a different medium or altering it or cutting it or chopping it and screwing it or whatever you want to call it, I like when it's just, like, the story is there. Like, the story is sort of, in a way, timeless, but, like, the presentation of it all feels like in, in a way that like I've never seen before. So I think it's cool whether it's gifts or, you know, a combination of different things. So yeah, again, no question here. I, I sc- <laughs> I'm the one who screwed this one up, but I, I just like that idea that that aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, going back again to inside the castle, I feel like they're kind of like really at like the, you know, the height of, you know, like again, just like stepping up the game and like, you know, make like, you know, they're they're making me do better, like that's for sure. Um, the uh the, the the book that I mentioned in, in, in the last episode in reference to your book was the uh I think I'm gonna I might pronounce his name incorrectly, but the Mike Correa book Gut Text. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that that book slays. Yeah, that's a great completely. One. Mike Correa is just fucking wonderful. Um he, yeah. and like he does a lot of uh the like graphic design and like um, the interior layout. I'm actually going to be, I think um, I'm going to be working with him a little bit uh, for my next one. Um, but yeah, he he's is that just, an exclusive. Did you just give us an exclusive? Do we, are we, are we breaking news right now? That, that might be breaking news. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I'll have to talk right. with him and my publisher, but uh, I'm pretty sure like his name has come up and he's done a lot of stuff for my publisher um, anyway. So, yeah, that guy rules. Well, look, yeah. I think what's also cool about all this is that, like, you're also raising the bar for everything that comes after. Like, it's just, like, you can't do the same thing that this book does because, like, it's already been done. It's like, you now what are you going to do? So I, it's, like, it's 
continuing to push everything forward, which is cool. Absolutely, yeah. No, that's like that's kind of how like I I can only view it as sort of like stepping things up for like myself. Like you know, like I'm not mm-hmm. gonna like get into any like game of like am I you know Im- if am I like impacting the culture or anything because that's like so narcissistic and like just leads <laughs> to bullshit. But like I you know, it's all like stuff where it's just like, I need to be upping like whatever I like, I need to be making myself better as like, as much as I can um, with every release. Um, And like that, a lot of that is like based off of like what I'm seeing by peers and such. Uh, Before I forget uh, another book that just dropped um, my friend Elle Nash, uh, she just released Gag Reflex. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Have you read it yet? I no, I, I haven't read. I haven't read that one, but I read uh, nudes. Yeah, oh, that's her, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. With, the, with, yeah. The, with the gun on the cover. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Nude, nudes yeah, is great. Um, yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, but uh, gag reflex is entirely in uh, told in live journal posts. And, okay. Uh, yeah, and, Maybe we'll uh, add that to the end of the season too. It's a season that never ends, Bob. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, I consulted on some of the uh, a few of the uh, now playing music entries uh, throughout it. There. Oh, uh, God. throughout it, I remember, which was fantastic. Man, I remember being so tortured over putting because it's like you know you want to curate it in a way that you appear a certain way. When oh, yeah. you know when I was like seventeen, eighteen years old, I was like, I gotta like okay. So when this like, is the most important thing in the world. Like what is what is saying that I'm listening to Built to Spill right now actually mean? Right or whatever. Yeah. Oh, completely, completely, <laughs> absolutely. It's like how do I communicate? with my crush using only <laughs> lyrics uh, through my AIM away message that will make yes. her miss me. Yeah. Oh, Completely. Been 100%. Been there. Yeah. Oh. And then you leave it with, I am away from my computer right now. Yeah. <laughs> Read <completely>. into that. <laughs> Completely. Well, that's, that's awesome. So funny. Um, wait, wait, I have, I have one more, one more thing, which is, do, uh, do you know, do you have a Wikipedia page? Is there a Wikipedia page about you? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it, it, I, I looked to go get the dirt and I couldn't find in, any dirt. In, in the assumption that there will one day be a Wikipedia page, or maybe we'll just go and make Oh, I one. forgot this is a new question. This is yeah, a, yeah. A, a new segment that I wanted to, to <laughs> have for all of the interviews is, what would you like for us to use our podcast as a source for so that you can lie about on your Wikipedia page, saying that you did something cool or did something terrible or whatever whatever you want? And we can link to this show page and be like, look, you said it on here. Like, that's it's true. Yeah. Oh, man. Damn. Let's see. <laughs> We gotta make it something pretty bad. And um, I would say you could get back to us, but like you can't. Like the whole premise of this has to be on the yeah, spot because yeah, like, you can't be. We have to be able to quote directly via email end. later. Yeah. So well, well, it's clearly that I was like you know um, let off uh, from a manslaughter case and a hit and run uh, for <laughs> uh, you know like with like under dubious circumstances. You know, there's like some rumors that uh, my family had been paying off like the judge or something like that. So I, I mean, that sounds good, right? Yeah, yeah. Get prepared to get asked about that in future interviews. Fantastic. Can't wait. <laughs> Love that. Well, thank you so much. This was awesome. Yeah, I think I think that's all for us. We're Yeah, thank you so much. I really I really, really appreciate it. That's yeah. Hey, great. if you're ever if you're ever in New Jersey, I, yeah. Yeah. Are you where are you are you based up in Connecticut? Or where where are? Because I know it's, I, I'm just I don't know why I, I know Schism is in this press is in Connecticut, but where are you based? I, I'm in Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you're ever in New Jersey, you know, drinks are on me. Fantastic, fantastic. Sounds lovely. 